Welcome to the Locked On Titans podcast. I am your host, Tyler Rowland. Titans fans, it is a Thursday edition of the Locked On Titans podcast. And on today's show, it is time for our Malik Willis deep dive. First, I'm going to bring on Sean McAvoy from Quarterback Takeover, who is Malik Willis's personal quarterback trainer, to talk about his progression so far and what he thinks Malik Willis could be for the Tennessee Titans. Then we'll bring on Zach Blackerby, host of Locked On Auburn, to talk about the two years that Malik Willis spent at Auburn and how it helped his development. And then finally, I'll give you guys my view on what Malik Willis can do to help the Titans in 2022 and then what the Titans hope Malik Willis can be in 2023. A Malik Willis deep dive on a Thursday edition of the Locked On Titans podcast. Let's get it. You are Locked On Titans, your daily Tennessee Titans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Titans fans, it is a Thursday edition of the Locked On Titans podcast. It is time for our Malik Willis deep dive. So excited to dive into these conversations, talk about Malik Willis's role with the Titans this year and next year. A lot to get into. Before we do, I got to thank you guys for making the Locked On Titans podcast your first listen every day. If this is your first ever listen to the Locked On Titans podcast, make sure you subscribe on whatever platform you do stream. You will find the Locked On Titans podcast on all platforms, and always free. That includes the Locked On Titans YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe over there. Smash that notification bell so you know when all the content goes live. Throw a thumbs up on the video if you're watching on YouTube right now. But with that being said, I'm going to bring on Malik Willis's quarterback trainer, Sean McAvoy, again from Quarterback Takeover. Very excited to get into this conversation with you guys. He talks about who Malik was when he first met him nearly six years ago. Talks about Malik Willis's progression, what he's been working on, and talks about what kind of player the Tennessee Titans could have on their hands for the future. So very excited to dive into this interview with Sean McAvoy from Quarterback Takeover, Malik Willis's quarterback trainer. We are here, of course, to talk some Malik Willis and couldn't find anybody better to come on and talk about uh, where he is right now as a player and where he hopefully will go for the Titans than his quarterback trainer, uh, Sean McAvoy, is joining us right now. Sean, thank you so much for coming on. No, you do work with uh, quarterback takeover, and uh, obviously you've uh, had a big part in Malik's development here uh, in the pre-draft process and everything. So thank you so much for coming on. I I wanted to start by asking you, essentially, you know, I know you're a quarterback trainer and that sounds simple, but, you know, for people listening, what kind of work do you actually do with Malik Willis? Yeah, absolutely. First of all, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure yeah. to be here with you, Tyler. Thank um, you. Yeah, so basically you're thinking about all the on-the-field quarterback development that you can – so everything from the footwork and the throw mechanics, um, preparing the players to have success on the field and all that entails. And I I mentioned the on the field first, because I think that's 90% of what we focus on. And the reason there is because he has coaches, whether it be at his high school or his colleagues or in the NFL, that are going to address a lot of the scheme, the X's and O's, how they want him to read certain progressing, certain concepts. And and we don't want to step on anybody's toes there. Mm -hmm. Um, 
you know, we'll make sure we're a resource there and help, especially through the draft prep process of preparing him for different looks he's going to see at the NFL level, things of that nature. But it's really the the mechanics, the footwork, the throwing motion uh, is where our focus is. So Malik's a guy that I met in high school and started working with um, his junior year of high school. So now it's been a maybe a six-year process all the way through college and through draft prep and, and now with the Titans. So it's been fun. That's awesome. And it has to be rewarding for you as a coach to work with a kid and see him kind of grow and continue to progress along. And you're probably the best person to ask this next question because we could talk ball and, and the fundamentals and mechanics all day. But as someone who you said has been working with him and seeing him since a junior, what kind of guy is Malik Willis? Who is he as a person since you've been working with him? Yeah, that's my probably the his best trait, like my favorite part of him. It's cool because you guys have already now gotten a little taste of it mm -hmm. when he finally got a chance to get in front of the media and do his first press conference. Right. And um, he's just such a special kid. So all through the draft prep process, I've had people ask me that question. And I always hold back because I'm like, I kind of want people to get to experience it for themselves the first time, right? Right. Um, who you see is who he is. Like the humility that he always comes across with, the way that he's driven by his faith and 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 puts God first and and focuses on things outside of just the game of football, realizes there's more important things in the world and wants to kind of use his platform to, to do and kind of bring all those pieces together and maybe actually, you know, make an impact more than just on the playing field. I mean, that's what's important to him. It's the way he was raised by his parents and his grandparents. And um, but he's uh he's the he's the kind of guy that people gravitate to. And, and the biggest maybe moment that I realized this was Quincy Avery is my partner with quarterback takeover. We do a lot mm -hmm. of these college quarterback camps, you know, spring break will come along and we'll take 20 of the best college quarterbacks in the country and go out to LA or go down to Miami and do like a quarterback, you know, camp retreat and a lot of work over that time. Right. Right. And so you got Malik there and, you know, Justin Fields is there and Trey Lance is there and Sean Clifford is there. And, and, and you know, some of the top quarterback Emory Jones and, Dwayne Haskins, you know, like a couple of years back before he got to the NFL and all those guys are together and, and Malik's the guy that everyone wants to be around, right? Mm -hmm. Like he's a leader, wow. even among leaders like that, right? Yeah. So pretty special to see. And I think that's what you guys are going to find here uh, as you start seeing him move through through uh, the offseason and getting into the season here. You're going to see his teammates, you know, want to be around him as well. Yeah, you get a little piece of that already from rookie minicamp. He said, pray like it's up to God, work like it's up to you. I mean, little quotes like that. I mean, it, it's great to hear a guy who's that down to earth and, and wants to work. But as great of a guy as he is, obviously, he's going to get paid for his football talents. And for you've sure. seen a lot of that as yeah. well. What, what kind of player are the Titans getting in Malik Willis? And where do you think, I guess, he could go as he progresses and obviously develops with more years in the league? And and that's the key right here, right? Because now there's an ability that he has, just an athletic mm -hmm. ability, an arm strength, you know, a powerful, you know, just everything he does as an athlete and as a quarterback, the traits are off the charts. Now, he needs to put it all together and continue to develop and fill some of the holes that have been in his game and were in his game in the last mm -hmm. couple of years in college. And so certainly not a finished product, but man, like when you have the traits he has, yeah. And the work ethic he has combined with, you know, that humility and, and willingness to do whatever it takes, that's usually when it comes together and it turns into a special player. Now, 
I don't like to compare Malik to other college quarterbacks or other guys mm-hmm. in this draft class or guys that because I don't know them as well. But right. I'm very happy comparing them to guys we work with. So yeah. I've seen Deshaun Watson at similar moments throughout his development from high school into college, into the draft and forward. Guys yeah. like Justin Fields and Trey Lance, I've seen. And you kind of now can benchmark where a guy is at certain points and how that then leads to their ability, you know, in the next one year, two year, three years to develop. Right. Malik's cut from the same cloth as those guys. Um, yeah. And quite honestly, probably has higher traits than all three of those guys. So yeah. I'm not saying one's better than another or where, but the idea that those guys are similar and, and we've seen already what Deshaun's been able to do. And I think we're getting a taste of what Justin's going to be able to do. And we're going to see Trey mm-hmm. this year. And, you know, I think that's who Malik is and what I would project him to be going forward. And I think you point out something that that's so important and that gets Titans fans so excited. You talk about a guy like Deshaun Watson, who obviously you've worked with, but also Pat O'Hara and Tim Kelly, who are exactly on the right. Titans offensive coaching staff now, have worked with Deshaun Watson. We're central to his development. So having that uh, trio of guys, including you and the excellent work that you're doing with Malik uh, on all the fundamentals and everything, it, it has to get Titans fans super excited. Sean, Thank you so much for coming on. I have to say how awesome it is that you got the field in the background. I know. <laughs> I'm coming right from a session. So, like, you, yeah. you got the sweat marks on the hat and everything love it. right now. But. Yeah, well, love the authenticity there. And I know the people who listen to my show really love ball and the, and the ins and outs of it as well. What an excellent interview. Uh, thank you so much again for coming on. If you want, tell the people where they can monitor your work or where they can find what you're offering out there to uh, any quarterback prospect who's interested. Yeah, I appreciate it. It's quarterback takeovers, myself and Quincy Avery and our staff doing a lot of stuff in Atlanta and then in Tennessee and Charlotte and kind of mm-hmm. around the Southeast. Uh, but QB Coach McAvoy is where the easiest way to find me on all the social media stuff. So Awesome. Well, thank you so much again. I do appreciate it. Hopefully we'll be able to uh, have you on again sometime. Thanks for stopping by the Locked On Titans podcast. I appreciate you, Tyler. Thanks, brother. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Sean McAvoy from QB Takeover. Some excellent insight in there. Uh, Love some of the stories he told about Malik, where he sees his potential. Excellent stuff there, and I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed recording it. But with that being said, we have another interview to get some background on Malik Willis. We're going to talk to Zach Blackerby from the Locked On Auburn podcast. Of course, Malik Willis spent two years at Auburn before he decided to transfer out. So we'll talk about what happened at Auburn, what caused Malik Willis to transfer away and why that stop at Auburn, although it wasn't perfect, was a benefit to Malik Willis and who he is as a football player today. So we'll dive into that. Before we do, I want to tell you guys about Built Bars, the best tasting protein bars in the galaxy. You get the best of both worlds when you shop at Built.com for the best tasting protein bars in the world. Of course, You get all the health benefits that you want from a protein bar. You get low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, but you also get phenomenal taste. I mean, there's a lot of built bars that flat out taste better than some candy bars that I've had. Uh, The peanut butter brownie, the salted caramel, and right now, guys, the featured flavor, the birthday cake puff bars. I mean, you guys have to go try the birthday cake puff bars. They're absolutely delicious. And I'm giving you 15% off your order. All you got to do is go to built.com right now. Use the promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your order. Once again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off. 
at built.com. Titans fans, we are going to continue our Malik Willis deep dive episode, getting a ton of background information on the Titans' new rookie quarterback. We talked with Sean McAvoy, Malik Willis's trainer, to kind of start things off. But now I want to go further into that background. And Malik Willis spent some time in Auburn. And to kind of recap that time, we are going to bring on the best Auburn voice that you can find and one of my favorite members of the Locked On Podcast Network, Zach Blackerby. Zach, how are you doing? I'm good, but, you know, Sean McAvoy, Malik Willis's quarterback coach, he's been listening to Locked On shows for a long time. Very dedicated right. Locked On Auburn listener. I'm sure he'll be a very dedicated Locked On Titans listener moving forward. Well, actually, you mentioned that. Uh, we, we cut off the interview, and now I get to brag about it on the show as it goes because you guys didn't get to hear it. But at the end, Sean was talking about how he's been listening to the Locked On Titans podcast for a few weeks, getting prepped getting ready to go after they drafted Malik. So you're 100% right about that. I can corroborate your story. Locked on Titans and Locked on Auburn, the favorite podcast of Malik Willis's quarterback trainer. So I'll, I'll go out uh, on a limb and say that. But Zach, glad to have you on. Obviously, all you Auburn fans, anybody in the SEC, go check out Locked on Auburn, Locked on Tigers, great stuff. Uh, but I'm here to ask you about Malik. And right. if you could, just kind of give us a, a summation of what his time at Auburn was like coming in, what the expectations were, and why he ended up going to Liberty. Well, the expectations were low, right? I mean, this was a guy that was committed to Virginia Tech, and not a whole lot of D1 schools wanted him to play quarterback. They saw him as a defensive back or some kind of versatile defensive player, and mm -hmm. um, Auburn's head coach at the time, Gus Malzahn, was like, you know what? I, I think you can be a quarterback. And obviously, if you go back and look at his high school tape as a quarterback, it was something special. And so... You know, Auburn was the, the school to kind of roll the dice on him. And after that, over the course of his, uh, you know, his senior year, more and more folks tried to pry him away from Auburn. It didn't really happen. Right. But, you know, he came in behind uh, Jarrett Stidham at the time, who, you know, just recently kind of made the news for uh, being traded. But right. he, um, you know, so he was never expected to start. Right. But a lot of conversations were like, man. You know, he, he's looking good, you know, with the twos going up against the ones and scrimmages and practices and showed a lot of upside. And then the following season, after Jarrett Sidham was done, it was this uh, quarterback battle between Bo Nix and Joey Gatewood. And, you know, Malik was like, okay, you know, I, I don't have a whole lot of a future here. And so he left. But it's interesting, you know, you, you see him talk to the media at Liberty and he's asked about Auburn. And he, he owns it. He owns the fact that, okay, he wasn't the same guy. So I think him kind of losing this, you know, the, the quarterback battles at Auburn allowed him to take the steps that he did at Liberty, Tyler, because yeah. he was aware that he wasn't taking football as seriously as he was supposed to. He wasn't watching tape. He wasn't studying the playbook. He's coming from, you know, uh, the high school ranks where he, his athleticism was enough. He didn't have to prepare. And then obviously when you get to the SEC and then even more so in the NFL, preparation is more and more important. So yeah. I think, uh, I, I think kind of him not being a starter at Auburn and being phased out and kind of processed. Um, I think it helped him at Liberty. 
Yeah, uh, and he's, you know, like you said, he talks about that a lot. So having that experience yeah. in the SEC, seeing how they do it in big-time college football is kind of that light bulb moment for him. During his right. time, actually, at Auburn, though, what were – I know that obviously maybe he wasn't doing the study that he needed to and some of those other things, but as just a guy, what were kind of the the words on the street about Malik Willis during his time there in Auburn? Well, everybody wanted to see more of him. Everybody was clamoring, you know, can you put packages in? For Malik Willis, you know, you see that a lot with the backup dual threat quarterbacks and, you know, there were rumors that it was practice and they had it installed, but they just never really ran it and went to him in a game. And so, uh, you know, there was a big chunk of the Auburn fan base that was like, man, let's, um, you know, let's, let's get behind Malik Willis, Malik Willis or bust. It can't be worse than what we're seeing. And, um, you know, but as far as him as the player, you know, you didn't really hear a whole lot about him. And so Auburn is very closed off. Like they were a very closed off athletics department. And so if they mm-hmm. don't really want that getting out, they're not going to. Um, but, you know, talking to folks after he left, I mean, it, it seemed like he was well liked by his teammates. It's just he was the backup quarterback. Right, right. That was the role that he was in at that time. Well, I guess you talk about how some fans wanted to go all in on Malik and at least give him a shot, give him some packages. You know, some people just wanted to see what they would get. Do you think that ultimately Auburn, I say Auburn made the right decision, but they kind of put him in a position where he had to leave to have have an opportunity to do what he did. And it was obviously the right move for Malik to make that jump to Liberty to give himself a chance to be drafted. Do you think that Auburn handled the situation correctly? Or do you think, do you agree with that portion of the fan base that maybe if you had given Malik some shots and obviously he had to hold his own and and progress in ways that we talked about, but do you think if they would have given him a shot and maybe helped a little bit more in that development, that Auburn would have been in a better place with Malik Willis the last few years than they would have been otherwise? Tyler, that's a fascinating question. And that's a question that Auburn fans talk about all the time. Right. I think I think the coaching staff at the time made the right decision. Um, you know, that 2019 season was a fun one. Bo Nix, a freshman Bo Nix, which ultimately won the job and forced uh, Malik to transfer. Um, you know, we beat Alabama that year. And anytime you beat Alabama and anything, it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that was something that was uh, historic. That was one of the most entertaining football games I've ever seen. And so, like, I don't mm-hmm. think you get that if that were the case. Um, but you know, it's interesting. The ripple effect of all of this, Tyler, is anytime now, anytime a, a backup dual threat quarterback leaves, it's oh, we just let another Malik Willis go. <laughs> yeah, that just happened with uh with with a kid named D Davis that entered the portal during spring, and it's just like up oh, another Malik Willis is gone. It's like, no, I, I think this was an exception to the rule. Yeah, well, that's understandable as a guy who is uh as most of my audience knows now an Ohio State Buckeye. Every quarterback, Quinn McEwen, or however you say his name, give me a break on the recruits and college guys. I do my best. But uh, the mullet kid, you know, that's what we all called him in my group of friends. They let him walk, and he leaves via the transfer portal, and everybody's saying, oh, is it another Joe Burrow? Are we letting another Joe Burrow walk? So I know how that goes. I know how those what-ifs can go. So sorry to put you in that position, but – uh. Thank you so much for coming on, Zach, talking about, you know, your experience with Malik Willis. Uh, just remind the folks uh, who are listening where they can find your content. Yeah, absolutely. Locked on Auburn, wherever you get your podcasts or, you know, of course, uh, uh, you know, one of the college parts of this uh, awesome Locked On podcast network that you guys 
uh, know and love because of Tyler. And one last thing to leave, Roger McCreary looks really good, really clean in that 21. Yeah, yeah, he does look good. He does look clean. And uh, not only in the 21, but his movements out on the field, he's definitely a fluid guy. And I expect him uh, out of the Titans' entire rookie class. I think McCreary could be one of the guys who contributes the most. So uh, we'll definitely have you on more to talk about that when all the McCreary buzz starts happening in training camp. Sounds good, buddy. Excellent. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Zach. If any of you guys are Auburn fans or just SEC fans in general, you got to check out Locked on Auburn. Zach does a great job with the show and another proud member of the Locked on Empire. But with those two conversations in the books, it's time to get into my thoughts about what Malik Willis can be in 2022 and what his job should be in 2022 and then what the Titans should be expecting in 2023. Before we get into that, do want to tell you guys about betonline.net. Betonline.net is your number one source for all your sports gambling information. They have the latest odds, props, and lines. They have everything from NBA playoffs, going to be the final soon, MLB's regular season, boxing, UFC, the horse races. Heck, they even have Vegas casino games, if that's what you want to do. Anything that you could want from a sports wagering perspective is going to be available to you at betonline.net. So go to their site, use your mobile device. Either way, make sure you sign up there today. Uh, BetOnline has you covered for everything. Your number one source for all your sports wagering information. BetOnline, where the game starts. Titans fans, we're going to cap off this Thursday edition of the Locked on Titans podcast on Malik Willis deep dive with my thoughts on Malik Willis's role within the Titans offense and what he can be in 2023. Before we get into all that, though, I do want to thank you guys again for making the Locked on Titans podcast your first listen every day. As for your second listen, check out the Locked on NFL podcast. You get all your Titans news every day here with me. Now get all your national NFL news next with the Locked On NFL Podcast. And as a matter of fact, your boy hosts the Thursday show. So if you check out Locked On NFL today, I will be hosting the show talking about division winners I think could slide back to last and division losers who I think could slide up to first. Me and my guy Alex Clancy from Locked On Cardinals doing the show. So subscribe to the Locked On NFL Podcast, free and available on all platforms, including the Locked On NFL YouTube channel. Throw a throw a thumbs up on the video. You watch it on YouTube. I would appreciate the support. But with all that being said, <laughs> excellent interview with Sean McAvoy. Excellent interview with Zach Blackerby. Hope you guys did enjoy those. And I also hope that you enjoyed your water today. Drink water. Ladies and gentlemen, your daily reminder from me, your boy, the hydration master, Tyler Rowland. But... Moving forward, so we got to talk about Malik Willis in 2022, and we're seeing nonsense online already about, you know, um, false rumors from BS sources about the team wants Malik Willis to start, the players want, it's all nonsense. Ryan Tannehill is the starter in 2022, and as a matter of fact, Jim Wyatt, who obviously the staff beat reporter for the Titans who's in the building, said in a mailbag recently something that I was concerned about a few episodes ago that the Titans would have Logan Woodside as the backup quarterback this year. 
and that Malik Willis would be inactive most days. What a crucial mistake that would be. Logan Woodside doesn't deserve to be in the NFL. He wasn't any good in the crappy professional football league in the AAF. He's the worst backup quarterback in the NFL, and I get the Titans decided to keep Logan Woodside around for the last few years because he was dirt cheap. They said if Tannehill gets hurt at all, we're screwed. We're not paying any money. We'll have the worst backup quarterback in the league if it means we can save money. Okay. But now you have a super cheap quarterback that's going to be on your roster anyways, and you're still going to give the backup quarterback spot to a crappy AAF quarterback who has no right whatsoever to be in the NFL? Just, just asinine. If Ryan Tannehill were to get hurt, not even a major injury, two weeks, heck, two quarters, who do you think gives the Titans a better chance to win a football game? Malik Willis or Logan Woodside? What are we doing here? So in my opinion, in 2022, Malik Willis should be learning the offense, getting reps in practice, not with the practice squad, guys. With the actual players on the team. How about that? How about that's best for the development of, of the young quarterback? So learn the offense. Work on your technique. Work on your footwork. All the intricacies of playing quarterback. Watch how Ryan Tannehill prepares the offense. Watch the way he speaks to wide receivers. Watch the way he watches film. Watch the way he game plans. Watch the way he talks with the coaches. Follow all that. But... There's no reason, and this is why I'm so frustrated if this turns out to be true and that Logan Woodside is the other active quarterback on game days. Because Malik Willis should absolutely have a package in the playbook with read option plays, with wildcat plays, with play action, jet sweeps. And, and imagine a jet sweep read, a, a read option where you have Traylon Burks coming across the formation on a fake and then a read option with Derrick Henry. How is that not something that will be utilized? I'm not saying all the time, but goal line, red zone, third down, short yardage. Why would you not have him active to do that? And if Tannehill does for some reason get hurt or there's a blowout, good or bad for the Titans, then put Malik in. Not Logan Woodside. I swear on my life, by the time that Logan Woodside is off this roster, he is going to have thrown zero pertinent passes and done absolutely zero other than take kneel downs to show that he deserves to be in the league. It will be a mystery forever how this dude stayed on the roster for so long with literally zero evidence that he deserves to be an NFL backup. And now there's a chance that you could play him over Malik? Nonsense. Just just nonsense. I, I refuse to believe it. I refuse to believe it. Refuse. That's 2022, though. 2023 is what matters most. And to me, it's obvious. In 2023, Malik needs to be the starter. It's going to save the Titans $18 million to get off of Tannehill. They can use that $18 million to upgrade the offensive line, which they're desperately going to need based on what we've seen this year. Think. They cut Bud Dupree, that's $11 million. Cut Tannehill, that's $18 million. Put that together, that's $29 million. Taylor Lewan, potentially, could be out of the door with no, no dead cap on his money. That'd save the Titans around $12 million. I mean, we're talking about $50 million in cap space for the Titans to go put a better roster around Malik Willis than they could put around Ryan Tannehill. 
which is the point all along, is that if you get cheaper at quarterback for a similar skill level, then you can make the rest of the roster around them that much better. So that has to be the plan. You upgrade O-line, you add another top-tier wide receiver, either in the draft or in free agency. You go with an even more play-action-heavy uh, offense. You add in elements of quarterback run, like they've done in Philly and Baltimore. You add in more RPO game. You add in more quick throws, quick tunnels, quick uh, bubble screens to Traylon Burks, which is what he does well anyways. Stuff that they did in L.A. for Robert Woods. And you go from there. So that's kind of my initial thoughts on what we should see in 2022. And then in 2023, how it plays out, that remains to be seen. But that's going to do it for me today, folks. The Malik Willis Deep Dive episode. I hope you guys did enjoy. Make sure to subscribe on whatever platform you do stream. Definitely do appreciate it. Monday through Friday, Tennessee Titans comment uh, content coming your way all year long. But that's going to do it for me today, though, folks. As always, I am your host, Tyler Rowland, and this was locked on Titans.